What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome back to Bleach Boys. Hitting it up again, we're doing the 9 through 12, which is, you know, we really have one more episode left after this. And then it's back to Core 2. Let's go. It'll be officially time, which starts the first week of July, I believe. So it's coming up real, real quick. Yeah, they're premiering Anime Expo, right? I don't know about that. I don't think so. Um, <clears throat> I've not seen anything about it. And I did. I went through all the panels and I kind of was taking a look at like, what's the best panels to go look and see. The Bleach one is not in the main events hall. This yeah, year. I saw that. For some reason, that's kind of a downgrade. Yeah. So I would imagine that they're not premiering it this year. I assume it's just going to come out regularly on streaming whatever on Hulu. I, I guess I they're think not gonna Hulu do an event but yeah. it would seem weird that they're not showing it maybe they'll show i'm sure they'll show some clips from it but i don't think they're premiering the whole episode oh that's kind of lame mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if uh, a little bit of that is they just don't want to spoil anything or whatever it is but i have not seen anything about because last year i think they made a really big deal about bleach being there and like showing all the stuff and even then it was the first time the trailer was announced so they didn't put anything so who knows uh, i get you and we already got the trailer <clears throat> yeah yeah, it's it's already too. I feel like it's too close. Yeah, it makes like, a lot of they're sense. They're not gonna do a premiere and have it be right around the corner. Anyways, kicking it off episodes nine through twelve. Um, we're just gonna call this the everything but the rain portion of the series because that's pretty much where we're headed almost immediately. But let's kick it off with episode nine. First thing, Kiraku gets to be head captain instantly. Gets a letter. It's unanimously decided. I suppose nobody else gets a choice, which leads me to believe I'm now holding my mic <laughs> that uh, Central Forty Six, I guess, decides all the head captains. That's their responsibility. Yeah, that is. Was their choice for Kiraku just based off seniority? Uh, seniority. He's also kind of the you know the whole saying, uh, the, p- the person that should lead is the guy that doesn't want it. He clearly does not want to be head captain. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's fair. I remember him like signing the note and saying, uh, was it, I- I'm sorry, no, now this might be the last time we see each other. Yeah, because he didn't know he could convince them to let her go over with him. I know. He took two uh, yeah, captains uh, cool. or vice captains. I was like, cool. oh, my God, dude. Yeah. And then I, I guess like I just had like a couple of questions about the whole thing because it's like I guess they're not picking Byakuya because he's out of action. Right. And then Kiraku is just – the next best pick, but Ukatake the whole way through is just MIA also. But I mean, we, he's we, always dying. Yeah, we we know why, but yeah. he's busy dying. Yeah, 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 exactly. There there were a couple of picks where they could have gone, but I think when when you think about it, like with the people who are left and able and ready, Kiraku unfortunately is the only choice. Could you imagine uh, Mayuri being the one? They, never in a million years would they make Mayuri <laughs> the leader of the Soul Society. Never in a million years he could outlast everybody, and they would just disband. Yeah, like, forget it. <laughs> Would my year in that office? No, he wouldn't. Nah, nah. He would hate it. Yeah, he would just keep the research. He would be like, yeah, this is the new one. You know how like uh, some government elected officials, they have a government, like um, a governor house that a lot of them stay in. It's a California thing yeah. also. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the governors will be like, I'm not going to stay in that ragtag house. And they'll go to a fucking mansion well, somewhere. Well, yeah, I'm going to go to my own place. Yeah, exactly. That's what me here you do. Like, no, I'm not going to uphold tradition. No, thank you. It's like, oh, you catch me over here. He's busy doing weird shit. He's got no time for politics. Exactly, and there's not nothing weird about just having a nice little old Japanese style room. That's lame. True, doesn't even have a bed. 
All right, then we go straight up to squad zero where we see Ichigo get absolutely fucking decked across the spa. Um, I wrote a lot of quotes for this time because I feel like a lot of that stuff is just hitting key points here. Um, and that's where he says, well, you know, you would have died had you not been healed, so I guess you're good to go. Renji comes staggering over because, of course, you know, the boys are back together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Renji wants to go also, and he's able to withstand the punch. Which I thought was, I thought pretty, was pretty impressive. Crazy, yeah. I was like, "All right, Rangy. He's like, I thought he too was gonna go fucking flying, and is like, "Nah, like sit back in your seat," you know. And no, he withstood the punch. I he was, like, was in right. pain, but you know, he's grown. Yeah, the boy's like, grown. he was already injured, so I was mega impressed with Rangy. Uh, and then he, of course, gets the okay to go with each go as well. I did like the part. Um, we learned the two names of the guys that were helping. I don't know if them things comes into play ever again, but Kazuo and Kazuhiro are the two that are kind of holding Ichigo underwater. Yeah, and they're wearing the weird bathing suits. Yes, and they have to wear special suits to protect their bodies or else the spa would erode their bodies and make make them rupture, which I was like, all right. I mean, I guess maybe it overheals you, I suppose. It kind of like fucks with the, the spiritual pressure and the reishi inside of you. Or it's too hot and just burns you alive. That's what I thought. Dude, when they took the stuff off first originally, they were bright red. I was yeah, like, and I was oh, like, is it just supposed funny. to be like super, super hot or something? And then they're like, no. They like, explained it, and I'm like, oh, no, yeah, no. It'll make you fucking explode. Then we learned that Ichigo fucked up Tenjiro's fist, and I was like, damn. Yeah, like, he, just, he had to shove his hand back in the little healing thing. Yeah. I was like, damn, dude. And I like the part that you were talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, he used to be called Lightning Fast Tenjiro. And he's like, but still, Ichigo was able to react and attack. I was like, damn. I do love that he goes, I haven't lost my touch. Cuts right back to him getting behind Soifan. Yeah. I was yeah, like, damn, guy. Soifan's a joke. You know, it's like, ah, yeah. I was able to do it on Soifan. It's <laughs> fine. It's whatever. And then he also kind of mentions he sees why the Soul King is so into Ichigo. Yeah, like, hmm. he does mention that. And uh, I think I was confused, but then I think it does cut to the Soul King opening his eyes or something. I don't think it showed anything for the Soul King. I think he just literally is just mentioning, like, I understand now why, but it's like, do we ever get a payoff on why the Soul King is into Ichigo? Just aside from the fact that I guess he's just unique. I don't remember. <laughs> okay, solid answer. Um, then we go back to all of the Central 46 juice with Kiraku and all of them stuff. Um, he's telling them that his second notion after uh, deciding that he's going to get to lieutenants is he wants to teach Kenpachi's Rocky Zanjutsu. And I wanted to Google what the fuck that was. And I just forgot. <laughs> I just totally <laughs> forgot to Google what that I was. I remember hearing it too and be like, uh, mm, is that like mastering your yeah, sword? Even, I don't know. He even says like after that, that it was like a ploy. Like he was pretending that was what he was going to do. And I was like, well, what the fuck is Zanjutsu then? Well, I think also Central 46 says, well, remember when they were teaching him Kendo and we had to yes. stop that immediately. In one day. Yeah. They stopped. They they urged Yamamoto to stop teaching him in one day. And I was like, oh, I'm shit. I'm surprised the old man listened. Yeah. But he is, a, he is a man of tradition and notion. I'm sure Central 46, you know, when he was the ro roaming band of mercenaries, that was not a thing. Yeah. You know, like, so he set that up. So he probably would be the most loyal to be like okay Central 46 is saying it i'll reel back it's my checks and balances it's his checks all right so i'm gonna go back to emperor augustus on that okay go ahead so so basically when you say emperor what he really was was just a guy that held a bunch of different titles to kind of so he could say i'm not the one in charge i just have a lot of offices and, but I actually, I definitely totally just answered to the Senate. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's, hey, that's Yama. That's Yama. Cause he really like the, the royal families and stuff. Fuck them. 
But it's like, yeah, Central 46, yeah, that's they, he's got to bend the knee Central 46. And that's when we see the introduction of Yachiru Unohana with yep. her scary face coming out of the fucking uh, corner. Like, just keep her pretty, man. She's kind of yeah. scary. She definitely is Dude, scary. the transition from her regular face to, like, the scary one is like, damn. Yeah, and damn, she's damn. always got, like, that looking down look on you all the time. So I'm like, oh, damn, they really changed the perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah, they did a great job with that. Then we go back to the Soul Palace where we find out that Cone has hidden inside of Ichigo's jacket the whole time. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, which I have a lot of questions about this that I'll ask. I'm going to ask in just a second here. So Cone's in the Soul Palace, which proves my theory from last time that we spoke where you could just hitch a ride with one of the people that go into the Soul Palace if you see him. Mm-hmm. You literally just grab him and go up because he was not invited by the Soul King unless the Soul King, I guess, secretly invited him. I don't no, know. I highly doubt that. But then my, here comes my question. Can Urahara see everything that's happening up there then? Like, see full on getting the tour and the introduction and how that stuff happens in all the Soul Palace? I mean, he has to because he has to know where shit happens later to come up and help. Yeah, yeah and then he, ha- he had the video thing that popped up from Cone before he went up there. So he's already shown he has some sort of video two-way communicator that he could see stuff, you know? So I would imagine he's at least getting all that data from up there, which... Cone's um, eyes are the camera. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. And then they go to uh, Kirio, which is the, um, the larger slash skinny one that we find out later. And she explains that each one of them is up there because they created something. She created Geekon, which is the temporary soul's which were used as like part of the soul candy base and things like that. So she created all of that, which now the, the more, you know, because I didn't fucking know that. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I think everybody knows the next one is we get Oetsu who created the Zanpakuto. I love Oetsu. I think everybody knows he yeah. created the Zanpakuto, which I did not know how he created the Zanpakuto. I always thought when he was saying that and talking about that, they explained in the manga in one ear out the other. But when I watched the anime, I was like, that makes so much sense. I <laughs> thought he was handcrafting all the Zanpakuto. Like, he was like just like... giving people, here, yeah, here's Zabimaru. Like they finally reached I don't know. Because I I guess, I mean, in my monkey brain, I just assume you get a Zanpakuto, you have Shikai. I just assume that was one and one. Like, that's just how it fucking goes. It's like, whatever the draw is, here, yeah. here's yours. Yeah, I did not realize it's like a, you get start off with a base bitch sword, and everybody gets the same base bitch sword. And then... After you imprint on it, basically, fucking Twilight terms, then it goes Shikai and then, you know, further Bankai. Does that mean you can further develop your Shikai every single time? I I, mean, Ichigo's changes. I I would assume that's the case because all uh, Oetsu does is just create the base. I forget what the name of it is. We don't find out until way later. Yeah, he creates the base sword and then he doesn't do anything else. Yeah. Which I was like, okay, I mean, I guess cool. He kind of creates like the... He created the evolving sword. Is yeah. basically what he created. The thing that Bleach is known for. Yeah, yeah, yes, Zanpakuto exactly. Yet. But he did not create. I feel like he didn't create Zanpakuto proper. He created whatever this one that starts with an A is the Aoshi or whatever the fuck it is. Asauchi. Asauchi. Thank you. Okay. Then we go back to the Central Underground where we find out they are heading to the lowest level, the Mukin, to have their duel, and it's closed off and infinitely large. And Unohana makes some sort of a fucking quip about how like, oh. I feel like it'd be perfect for you since you have no Zombakuto. It's like, all right. Well, <laughs> like, what Loser. the fuck? And then I saw, I don't know if it was just maybe the art style, but when Unahana was first standing there, her blade looked very curved. It was. It was super curved. Yeah. Almost like a full U curved. I was like, what the fuck? But then it, as they were fighting, it just looked like a regular sword to me. I mean, I I, I don't know. It's always um, curved. Never, ever have I noticed that it's always been curved. Yeah, because I, I remember even when she unsheathes it, it was straight, but then that could have been just not Shikai, right? Yeah. And isn't Mukin where uh, Aizen is? Yes, Aizen is like six feet away just watching the whole thing, I guess. 
Okay, because <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute. He's like, all right, cool. I was like, this is He's this like, sick. finally, something to watch. So then I guess this part of the point with Mukin is that it's infinite. So it's like it's infinitely large. It's dark as fuck, so you can't find anything in there, even if you're looking for it. So the fact that Yuha or Yuha Baha found Aizen is even more impressive. Yeah. I also just, in my brain, I wish Aizen was the one doing the commentary. <laughs> oh, yeah. that would have been amazing. Yeah. Or like he's going through his blacking out phase in and Aizen's like, dog you've died fucking a hundred times like try something else and he's like oh okay thank you knowing eyes sometimes the hardest knowing eyes and his passive aggressive commentary would be the best thing ever then um unohana just throws out all kinds of insults here uh she says that she likes kimpachi when he's quiet because her the scar on her begins to ache whenever he speaks and i was like okay all right all right all right dig it i dig it interesting and that she was known as this is a flashback moment but she was known as the strongest in history she was the most notorious criminal in the history of soul society which is impressive Um, seeing as how the original band is criminals and she's the most notorious of them all i was like oh how did she not age when yamamoto did healing is it just a healing healing okay i mean oh she does explain it she straight up says that interesting Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah she yeah, says she that. To, I have that written down as a quote. Um, and then Kiraku is kind of thinking to himself in his study. He's like, yeah, hey, sorry I said Zanjutsu, but, you know, I know once you guys cross blades, one of you is going to have to die. And it's like, oh, good. You just send – like, he was talking all this smack about how they got to teach Kampachi because the Soul Society is not going to be able to survive. And then he sentences one of his best captains to death. Yep. Like, the fuck? That's the worst thing. And then we see that Unahana and all of her viciousness going back to her roof. She left a note for Isane, so, which I thought was very I nice. thought that was touching because Isane's crying at yeah, the end of that. Yeah, and Kenpachi left his eye patch to Yachiru, which I was like, fucking finally, where the fuck was she? She's yep. never shown anywhere, but she finally sees that, you know, it's cool. It's all right. It's cool. She came back from the lieutenant's meeting. Yeah. Oh, it was a long walk. Yeah. Long yeah. walk. And then we get to see that uh, Kenpachi admired Unahana a lot. And he's like, yeah, you changed from the person. And... Unahana ends up throwing like a dagger at Kenpachi's shoulder, and Kenpachi, in classic fashion, is upset. That is like he's like that's cheap. Yeah, it's like oh, you're using that cheap trick, and she 180 Uno reverse cards. It's like oh well, last time we fought, I didn't have the leeway to do all those cheap tricks, and he's like oh what the <laughs> fuck? And he's like you call me weak, dog. Uh, a couple more quotes from that. Uh, we get Kenpachi. He starts doing his blacking out thing. Um, and he goes the first time that he did it because you know he was he really thought he was about to fucking die. He says, fighting for the first time, uh, you for the first time, I felt fear. I felt joy in battle, and I wanted to fight just like you. And then he starts freaking out. Like, like you're saying, I'm going to die here? And he starts crying, and then he gets stabbed right through the neck. I, I like, thought that was pretty gnarly. Damn. I was like, whew. Brutal. Really brutal. I remember reading that and being like, holy shit, our boy just got stabbed. Yeah. Yeah, really crazy. Then that's when you, we see the first blackout moment is where he gets stabbed, cuts back, and he's like, what the fuck? Like, what am I still doing here? And then she, Unahana, starts thinking about how each time Zoraki's on the verge of death, he gets stronger. And she keeps referring it to as this flaw that basically she inflicted upon him as one of her greatest sins. And that's the, the end, literally the end of episode nine. We flew through that. There was a lot of action, a lot of fighting in that one. We'll make up for all the notes I took on the back end here because, uh, you know, everything but the rain, there's a lot of notes to take on that. But that's episode nine. Pythes, did we miss anything? Okay, yeah. So when you guys talk about the, the Zanjitsu thing, from what I remembered, the translation was just he tells them, I'm going to teach Kenpachi Zaraki how to kill. Okay. 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 So why, I guess, I mean, I imagine you don't know this question, but why did they change it to Zanjutsu? Uh, because it's fancy. All right. Pause. Hello, everybody. Editor Sam here. Just doing some editing, and I thought I would Google what Zanjutsu means. It means cutting techniques, and it's the most used form of combat among Soul Reapers and substitute Soul Reapers. It's the fighting style for the Zanpakuto, i.e. 
just basic sword fighting. And it's one of the four fundamental combat styles of the Shinigami, collectively known as the Zonkin Soki. That is from both the Bleach fanfiction fandom wiki and the Naruto and Bleach wiki, which the more you know that those two have a combined wiki. All right, back to the podcast. Uh, let's see. I really liked that when uh, Karinji's looking all serious, he just has a, b- a bath towel just draped over his, like, his pompadour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the Central 46 say we had to stop Kenpachi from tra- from being trained by Yama because that shit was crazy. And they say mm-hmm. we as in it was us. But the Central 46 that did that would have been the guys that were killed by Aizen. Oh, oh that's totally yeah. true. So it's like none of the members that are on the council right now were around for that decision. They're just like, yeah, in our ledger right here, last time we voted on this and – Kiraka could be like, uh, actually, that was the people that died last time that we weren't strong enough. Thank you. I wish he said that. And then they're like, oh, you're right. Teach him what he yeah, needs to know. Yeah, there would have yep. been a good clapback moment. It's like, well, actually, none of you were here to vote on that. So thank you. Fuck you guys. Mm-hmm. I forget. Is this the episode where Kirio has the cooking scene? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. Uh, have either of you ever played Monster Hunter? I have. I played Monster I've Hunter I've seen World. tons of it, but I haven't played it. Okay. So that just gave me massive flashes of every time you go out to hunt, you have the cats cook you dinner. Yep. Yep, I understand. <laughs> That's fucking funny. That shit's great. Uh, so Kirio mentioned the million-year history of the Soul Society. And I was like, that's some can't-feel-your-own-world lore. I'll talk about that. Mm. Oh, I like it. I like it. So you went on the Ichi Squad Zero created something. And they're like, okay, Oetsu created the Zanpakuto. Kirio did the Soul thing. And what's his name? The older guy? Ichibe? That's his name. Uh, he's the guy that named all the stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the question was, what did Senjo Maru make? And the answer was she made the Shihawk show. Okay, you're going to have to refresh. So I yeah, obvi- I, I obviously know what the Shihawk show is, but for the viewers, <laughs> what is the Shihawk show? It's the black robe that all the Soul Reapers wear. Got it. Yeah, I see. Yeah, I, I mean, so obviously. That's the- yeah, come on, guys. I, I, I even went on the wiki because I couldn't figure it out. What does the Shihawk show do? And the, and the question is, when you lose your power, it turns white, and that's about it. <laughs> so she made color-changing robes is what she made. I even put, like, in all caps, why is this important? <laughs> they just needed to fill up the spot. You know, yeah. she's cool as fuck. They didn't want any fakers coming into the Soul Society yeah. acting like they had power, so they had to have a color-changing robe to view if it was correct. I mean, it's a cool uniform, but what the fuck is the Wait. point? What does it do? So... Is it only colored black if you have Soul Reaper powers or if it's, like, spiritual pressure-wise? From what I could tell, like, they're, like, the only way we could tell was when Rukia gives Ichigo her powers and they're gone. It turned white. That's bad. Ah, okay. Well, Orihima's wearing one. Yeah. During the Soul Society arc. Yeah, yeah she knew where you have him. But then again, they have powers. True. All right. It's got some sort of internal technology to tell you power the period theirs is like a pass it's like a little mm-hmm. like here you go yeah 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 here's a little button mm-hmm. let them walk around maybe it takes like how long did it take for rukia's to turn white maybe it takes like a, a month for it to finally recognize you i can't imagine she'd be called up to squad zero if there was that long of a delay <laughs> <laughs> so here's on the lighting of this scene so we've seen a bunch of fights in this series so far and usually when the animation goes crazy, the lighting it also goes crazy. Think of Yama's fire, the Quince mm-hmm. 
This is shot like a black and white samurai fight. It is actually shot, and what it's like, it's like a darkish red color, and then they're both lit up almost in black and gray. They're almost completely black and gray. We'll see next episode. There's some color, but they only add the one mm-hmm. extra color. They 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 did a good job making this fight feel different than the other ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I just wanted to go, uh, boy, uh, shout out to Uno Hana for talking the maddest shit. Yeah. 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 That's why I was saying I almost wrote all quotes when I was taking my notes because it's just like shit talking on every end of everything. Even like with Ichigo and Squad Zero, his dad and Ichigo is like, it's just shit talking all the way across the board. Yup. Now on to episode 10? Yeah. Episode 10. We're moving on. So uh, kicking it off with uh, a flashback where the day they originally fought Zoraki, Zoraki is thinking about the only time he's ever blacked out like he's been doing right now was the very first day that they fought. I just want to take a pause here for all the people at home. I wrote a little note here. I tried watching the opening again and still didn't like it. So (laughs) I just wanted to touch base on that. And I also added here, not only do they spoil Udyu, which we've already talked about, but they also show the squad zero in the opening. Yeah, they do. I I was like, what the fuck? Like, who okayed that? Like, why? So many spoilers. You've all read the manga. Yeah, I I guess that's what they were going for. It was like, you know. Normally, we'll be a little coy. We'll show some fights that aren't going to happen. It was like, nah, fuck it. This thing's been out for 10 years. Y'all fucking seen it already. Those who know, know. We go to the full flashback now where Unahana is basically going around and trying to find people who are stronger than her. And Rando McGee comes up and is like, yeah, it's like, hey, we're not going to find anybody. And it's like, and she's like, I could tell, or he said that he could tell that she was out here looking for somebody strong because of the pile of bodies next to her. And she's like, wait, what? What are those piles of bodies? How did she not notice a pile Thank you, of bodies? That's what this whole setup was, was for. Like, How does she not notice that? That is ridiculous. I did see that and I'm like, I would have noticed that. Yeah, like how can you be a captain and have fucking straight, narrow eyes and not see anything? That is crazy. No peripheral vision. It's for the Unahana. tunnel vision. She was just ready to kill. Zoraki jumps at Unahana, right? And this is where we get a little bit of backstory to what she thinks her greatest sin is. Basically, she believes that ever since they fought for the very first time, Zoraki placed shackles on himself. And she goes into more detail on that later. So we go back to the current time Zoraki keeps blacking out but he keeps mentioning that he keeps feeling every time he blacks out he's fully restored like good to go and he's like what the fuck is happening which I don't understand she says later that basically she's she is killing him then healing him back to full and they continue the fight but is she like posing him back up before he gets up like how does he keep ending up in the same spot I'm imagining I thought it was she's high speed healing him mm, okay see I so thought he's it was kinda... her sword that it was like fixing him or something she never mentioned anything about her sword doing jack shit. She never explained her powers, period. The only time she mentioned about doing anything was the fact that she said she is killing Zoraki and then healing him back. So what Pythes was saying makes sense. If maybe it's like an insta-kill, insta-heal. And uh, she's just okay. that fucking good. She's like, kill, boom, and then is immediately back. Like the one time we see her Shikai in like the old series, it's that weird manta ray thing. And that yeah. does heal people. So maybe she can use that without releasing the monster thing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, makes sense. That, that would make sense, I suppose. And so we find out that Zoraki is basically subconsciously suppressing his power to match his opponent is what we learn later, where he she talks about how each fight that he's been into with Noitora and with Ichigo and so on and so forth, he has purposely been suppressing his fire ju- his power just enough so he can feel that like verge of death, like the same joy that he's he had edging with himself. Yeah, Oh, my God. Himself. But just barely edging himself and then finishing at the end because yep. that way he can still feel the joy of like oh my god i'm gonna die and then <laughs> i killed you he wants the initial joy he felt when he was a child 
And she talks about here that Unahana originally when they first met, so she Zraki jumped at her, stabbed her, like right in the fucking chest. That's where she got that scar from. As a kid. And she says that Unahana in her peak back then, Captain, was weaker than kids Rocky. Damn. In the middle of that fight, he began suppressing himself, like straight then and there, because he wanted it to go on longer. He wanted to continue the fight. And that's the only reason that she won was because he kept suppressing himself so much till eventually she was stronger and then she took him out. That's just crazy. Yeah, and so now she's talking about how each time that she is breaking, basically taking him near death to, quote, kill him, he's breaking some of those shackles. So she doesn't care how many times she does it, 100 times, whatever, so much she's going to keep doing it until he breaks every single shackle. And, you know, that's why they keep going at it. And this is when Urahara, based, or not Urahara, Unahana talks about how the two of them kind of parallel each other, except they took two different paths, where Kenpachi learned the ability to suppress himself so that he can enjoy the battle for eternity, and she learned the ability to heal herself so she too can enjoy the battle for eternity. And that's when we eventually see the Bonkai of Unahana, which, question mark, question mark, it shoots blood, I suppose, that's... I, th- I thought the release of it is cool, though, where she, like, puts her hand on the sword and yeah, just kind of, like, fucking drags cool. it across. And I like the whole fight, how you can kind of, like, especially after they do the initial flashbacks, you can see Kenpachi actively starting to get better. Like, he's like, yeah. okay, I scratched her. Okay, I hit her. Okay, this. And then even the point where she releases Bankai, he's moving fast. Yes, he he's is. He's going fucking hella beast fast. mode. Yes. Even with the final slash, he's like, boom. And, it's like, and she's like, okay, nice. Like, he's he fucking ready. got it. And I wrote down one of the uh, the final quotes that I thought was very nice. She said, Sayonara, the one man in the world who brought me joy. I I know. And then Kampachi catches her and he's like, No. He's like, Don't die. Like, no, like, please don't die. And she just like, uh, well, I'm going now. It's like I gave you everything. I can finally die happy. Yeah, she said uh something along the lines like, I gave you everything I had, so I could go now. Bye. Yep. And I was like, All right, I mean, I guess guess that's cool. Wish you'd stuck around. Just saying. Yeah, I, I mean, surely it would have been nice to keep her. Like, he, like I get. Okay, Urahana is not as strong as Zoraki Pachi. That's been drilled into our head this whole fight. She's powerful but as how fuck. How good would it yeah. be to have a second runner-up to Kimpachi? Like that would be pretty useful. I don't get why she has to die. Imagine them tag team teaming somebody. Yes, oh, like seriously so for sure. Like the old past sensei and the the younger d- the disciple who's just you know fucking wrecking shit up. It would have been so good. And right after she dies, though, we do hear Zoraki Zanpakuto's voice, which I thought was... I thought it was cool. And then you hear the, oh, you can hear me now. Yeah, it was cool. It was was cool. And you don't find out until later until they're talking with Oetsu um, that he does mention that even Zoraki was able to get a Zanpakuto because he stole a base form one off of a Shinigabi. He took it off of somebody and then just imprinted on it. So he didn't steal a Zanpakuto proper. He stole the Ayushi, whatever the fuck it's called. Which I was like, okay, I like the filling in and the, the, it makes sense. They did a good job of wrapping that all in a nice little bow and calling it. Now explain Tosin. Yeah, we can. We, we only we, one mystery can be yeah. solved at a time here. <laughs> hey, was uh, real, real quick on Tosin though, is his voice actor different in Thousand Year Blood War? Sounded different, but I couldn't tell. Okay, cool. I was just making sure it wasn't me. No comment. I have no idea. I just, I was just like, yep, Tosin's there. It's like, yep. good, good to go, I suppose. <laughs> um, and speaking of Oetsu, this is when we swap over and we meet Oetsu for the first time. We, of course, get I am number one Zanpakuto creator. Like, I love him, dude. <laughs> so good. That's not how you grovel, guys. <laughs> Makes him so, do handstands. He's so good, dude. <laughs> and like them being greeted by all the women, and they make him do the gravel. Where I like where they're like kind of like, nah, I can't match the guys. I was like, well, you guys can go home. Yeah, <laughs> it's like true. you guys can go back home. Like, ah, oh, shit, we're sorry, we're sorry. And that's when we meet Mara, which I don't know if Mara is also a Zanpakuto. Yeah, I don't know if we get an explanation is. on that. Yeah, then we find out all of the girls Zanpakuto, and let me see. 
they talk about how for Rukia and Rukia, Rinji and Ichigo, Zon Patro that don't get loved, they break easily. And that's kind of what he leads like, yeah, you guys aren't taking right, good Rinji care just of it. All the you know, you kind of, they're kind of being a piece of shit, and that's why it broke. And they talk about how ba- they basically push him down into the real little Soul Palace part, which is filled with all of the Asauchi. Well, now that I have the names written in the thing, and they have to survive. And he's like, if you survive, I'll break, I'll fucking build your sword for you. It'll be all good to go. And that's when we get the backstory of this, which we've been talking about all fucking episode, where Asuchi and Zanpakuto that are temporarily issued to the 6,000. We're going to speed run this because I figure we already know. They get them the moment they start the academy, and then they're issued when they become a Zanpakuto. So they're like kind of leased out for the academy. And if you graduate, get into a squad, then you get your official, like, this is yours. And then they say that every soul reaver basically eats and sleeps with theirs. And through continuous training, they imprint the essence of their soul into the Asuchi, and that's to create their personalized Zanpakuto. See, I would like to see a cute, funny little montage of everybody just sleeping yeah. with their Zanpaktos, like bathing them. Yeah, for sure. All, all for that sure. super simple stuff. Like really taking care of it. Yeah, like, like being like, oh, got to polish you up, buddy. And then they talk about like it imprints the essence of your soul onto the Zanpakuto, you know? I thought that was badass. Wouldn't you think? I guess they didn't know. But I mean, what a shocker. It would be like, oh my God, there's a traitor in the Soul Society who has the mystery Zanpakuto. Oh, fucking <laughs> But I guess he lied about what a Zanpakuto was originally. Yep. So he gets a pass, I suppose. But like once you see a Zanpakuto, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes mm. sense. Like imagine you get betrayed. Oh, this is your real. That makes sense. I get it. I get it now. They end up coming back to Renji and Ichigo after they survive 71 hours and 48 minutes in the pit with all the Asuchi that are pissed at them. Renji gets the pass and Ichigo fails. Ichigo's like fucking exhausted on the ground, like can't get up anymore. And he said that Ichigo wasn't chosen by an Asuchi is what the reasoning is. And basically Renji's a soul reaper. Ichigo's not. And that's more alluding to the stuff that Yuha Baha was saying. Like, oh, like, you My know, child yeah, born in the dark. You don't even know what you are. And he basically says Sangetsu can't be fixed anymore. I, and he says can't be fixed rather i'm not gonna fix them for you sorry and he says he doesn't make fake soul reaper swords and he tells him ichigo you must learn what your roots are and that's when he gets zipped out back to the kurosaki clinic and i was like yeah that's it that's it that's the end of episode 10 on to you pythes all right so you said that's the end of the episode right yep well there was a little bit more after right it was an after credit scene yeah, yeah. But Sam wouldn't know because he doesn't want nope. credit. <laughs> he just skipped it. Okay, now to be fair, there's after credit scenes and later ones, and I caught it. Okay. Sometimes when I see the bar on the bottom and I see it's a long one, I'm like, You're oh, like, there's oh, an after credit scene. There. Fast something. forward. But if it's just a small one, I'm going to miss it every time. So, it, so it, specifically in the dub, the after credit scene, Oetsu tells Ichigo, bye-bye, give my regards to everyone in Loserville. Yeah, he does. It's funny. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, the music during Unohana's monologue Sounded like Shinto chanting, which is really weird and different for the music in this show. Yeah, like I said, when we were talking about originally, like when the fight with Ichigo and Yuhabaha, this soundtrack has been fucking incredible. Just all the way through. And I mean, Bleach soundtrack has always been good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always really, really good. I mean, speaking of, I've still not heard a single rendition of number one, but I guess that's because Ichigo's been getting shit on this whole first That first is true. Season. We're, we're going to get it next. Episode one. Yeah. yeah, episode one, we got it for the little welcome back montage tour and then nothing else. I'm telling you, you're not going to hear it again until Ichigo zooms into the Soul Society and saves Kenpachi. Oh, fucking a-hole. Okay. Yup. It's, and it's going to be awesome. I'm waiting for that scene more than anything else. Yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. But the return of Ichigo in Dazzler Blood War is going to be fucking a 10 out of 10 showstopper. So, oh, see, boy, it's going to be fantastic. You know how when someone strong shows up and you get that little grain filter to show their, like, the spiritual power? Yeah. 
Yeah, I love that. That that's fantastic. Imagine if that syncs up with the first drum beats of number one happening. Although, now let me say, in everything but the rain, there is a portion where Ishin releases his spiritual pressure, and I don't think they did the green. I think they did an aura. They did it like was, a yellow, like Super aura. Saiyan aura. I don't think they did the. But it he straight up, he goes Super Saiyan. Yeah, it looked cool. Some are right with it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it did look cool, and that's like the debate that's happening with One Piece a lot. I know we're a Bleach podcast, but we're gonna pivot for a second. In Wano, they switched to auras. Yeah, and uh, some people love it because it looks fucking cool, and it does, and the animation's insane. Other people are like, why the fuck are there auras in my One Piece? You know, I'm just saying, are they gonna go back to doing that? Are we gonna stick auras? All over? I think we'll still get like a mixture of both. I think that's so? what it's gonna end up being. Okay. As long as I still get my spiritual pressure squiggle lines, we're good. We'll see. I haven't seen any. I have not seen any so far. There there might have been some. I wasn't paying enough attention. All right. Well, I'll fucking wait and see. Right, so Let's go. In comparison to what you said, I thought it was really clear what Unohana's Bankai does. Uh, so she hits him with the blade that shoots out blood. And it injures him, and it looks like it healed her. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I see what you mean. I did like, not notice that. I did not see that. I did not get that. I didn't. I didn't get any part. All from what I was seeing, she shoots blood. She makes blood appear. I assume she can control blood somehow. That's it. So it's like a life stealer. It seemed like it's the exact opposite of uh, of her shikai, where her shikai heals others. This one takes from others and heals her. Okay, interesting. I like your theory better, so I'm going to head canon or your supposedly shown in the show portion. So we'll say that's it. Okay, uh, I wrote Unohana's death is the complete opposite of Yamamoto's. His is ignoble, inglorious, happens instantly, and is sad and pathetic. Hers is really sad and takes place over the course of like a minute with Zaraki crying. True. True, and I thought the the fact was Zoraki crying was really sad, and even she, like when she's dying, is like, oh, he's still just kind of like a boy, and I'm like, yeah, Aw. she's still, yeah, she liked him as a little kid, mm-hmm. still. I'm like, oh my god, Zoraki, my boy. Oh, that that scene is done so well. Uh, so w- there, there's a shot where you get to see Kenpachi meeting the the Kenpachi he kills, and I had to look up his name. He was Kenpachi Kiganjo. I don't know how that's supposed to happen because in the lore. The duel had to happen in front of over 200 division members for it to be a considered a legal passing of the Kenpachi mantle. Maybe that was not a thing before. But, okay, I'm just having, like, a realization. Isn't somebody's backstory that they're, like, pissed off about Kenpachi? It's from the Bount arc. That was the Bount. It's from the Bount arc. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's from the Bount arc. I was going to say, dude, I'm so confused. I swear somebody was upset they were there watching the battle happen. Because that is the rules. The rules are it has to be in front of a whole bunch of people and it has to be a challenge. Yeah. Another question I was wondering was how long ago was the flashback where she meets child Kenpachi? Because I'm pretty sure, <laughs> unless I'm wrong, Kenpachi's Rocky is the 11th Kenpachi. And during the fight with Unohana, she was still Kenpachi. So who were like the nine other losers? That came and went over the span of like a couple hundred years. Well, and it's like it, it's interesting to think also that at that moment Unohana decided he is the Kenpachi. You know, like he's the one. But then who with what what made her decide to be like, all right, I'm gonna pass it on? It's like, no, that's not a rule of the Kenpachi. Like, did she pass it on and go, Oh, by the way, second Kenpachi, here's the new rules. Like, how did that whole I'm sure she has some leeway with the with Yamamoto, where he could be like, All right, I'll swing it, you know, so on and so forth. But where's the title rule, at that where'd point? Where'd the rule yeah. come from? I 
I don't know, and I would love I would love to read a book about that. Yeah, it's it just kind of like because that kind of rule it just reminds me of like Star Wars and like the rule of the two, two with the Sith, you know, where it's like where who drew the line like there was in, in star wars they explained exactly how that happened in the rule of two and why they stick to that and so on and so forth uh but like where did this one come from why like why did it happen clearly it wasn't a rule for unahana so how'd it go i mean to be fair who's gonna tell her no true yes exactly and that's what i'm saying she also has a lot of leeway with yamamoto so it's like if she was just like hey maybe i'll pretend to die and i'll come back as somebody else and he'd be like okay say hey i'm gonna be healer. i'm gonna leave squad 11 open this is how the new captain is going to be chosen. Maybe that was just a deathmatch tournament and whoever won got to be the Kenpachi. Possible. It would also be cool if maybe she went back and said, hey, tell them I got killed in battle elsewhere. You yeah, know? we need someone else and to step like, up. And now somebody else take it and I'll come back and I'll be somebody else. I mean, in like Japanese history, people change their names all the time. It's really weird. It's really hard looking up shit about Hideyoshi because he has like nine different names. Well, there you go. Maybe it's not all that different. Like she just... Showed up one day and she's like, nah, fuck it. I'm Unahana now. And they're like, okay. I mean, because it, it's really That cool. makes sense, yeah. All the people that knew who she was, like, I think she was still Kenpachi when, like, Shunsui and Ukitake were around. Because they are definitely scared of her. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah, and by the way, the person that enforced the rule of two with Darth Bane and no one could stop him because they were all dead. <laughs> well, similar maybe port process. She waited till it was just Yama and her left, and then they She's were like, like yeah, "So now hey, what? So now I'm gonna swap. I'm gonna do a little swiparoo before we go in and recruit the other." She ones. goes like, "I'm tired of fighting right now. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be a healer for a bit." She did seem to enjoy being a healer. To be fair, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She seemed like she never complained about it. She never said that was the bad thing. She just never felt the joy of fighting, was, which she replaced it with healing. So it's like she settled. Yeah, it's kind of nice. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah, I just wrote Ichigo was going to leave Oetsu hanging. Yeah. I, yeah, he totally was. He's coming off like a weirdo. I would have done the same thing, too. Who knows? <laughs> that is a Sam move. Uh-huh. Oetsu is the best. I will fight you on this. Uh, I mean, the best uh, Squad Zero member? Because that's not, it's a short competition. Squad Zero. Ichibe's pretty cool. At least lore-wise. I haven't got to meet the other Squad Zero ones yet, so I can't hold the contest. This is true. So when we see the real Ho-Oh Den, that's just like a shack. You know the ocean overlooking that? Yes. That's where that evil sword from Can't Fear Your Own World is. It's hidden under. It's in there? It's hidden under the ocean. Okay, I'm going to have to go back and watch it now. So He doesn't remember the ocean. I don't remember the ocean at all, mate. I don't. It's literally right behind the little it's shack. behind it. Yeah. And my, the last thing I brought up was, uh, so, Uno, not Unohana, Kim, Kimpachi is stealing away parts of himself to be weaker, to enjoy his fights more. Mm-hmm. And I compare that to, I got a friend who's really, really good at fighting games, but when, he, but when he fights me and all our other friends, we are all terrible. So he goes out of his way to not use combos, to not use anything crazy. Cause he enjoys fighting us more that way. No, Pythes, let me tell you, have you ever played against Sam in anything? Man will not let you win. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he kicked my ass at uh, Smash once. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, I'm just doing my thing. I don't know what the problem is. It's to the point where me and Danny have to team up <laughs> and then make Sam rage quit. Which is, I mean, I saw him rage quit that golf game. It's not hard to do. That game was broken. No, no, no. That, this, was is, this was worse. Oh, really? Me and Danny were uh, hitting each other and then jumping off and being like, oh, Sam, you can't win because you didn't get enough kills. <laughs> That's a very Dark Souls-esque strategy. 
<laughs> yep. Yep. It's Sam. very bullshit ass strategy. Yep. He got really mad. I hey, listen, man. You run through that graveyard. You get all the items. And you jump off the edge because the skeletons don't get to kill you if you jump off the edge. You didn't win. Garbage. Uh, that, that's my <laughs> note for episode ten on to eleven. Yep. Episode eleven. Everything but the rain. Oh, fucking the goodness. Took for we love everything but the rain. We go back to Atsu at the start of this episode. And he basically he explains that he knows the whereabouts of every single Asuichi that he's ever made. And that's where we get the little bit about Zoraki and killing the Soul Reaper who had the Asuichi on him. And so he's able to get it. And basically he says that not a single Soul Reaper has awakened a Zanpakuto without an Asa. Am I saying it right? Asuichi? Asuichi, that's how I say it. Asuichi that he forged. And Ichigo has to figure out the whereabouts of his soul. So, and I want to pause right here. How the fuck did he get his original sword? Uh, he got a copy, I guess, when Rukia... Maybe that was counted counted as Rukia's sword. It looks similar. But then she has one. So did she then get a new one when she was rescued and she redid the whole process? I'm guessing that it, his was just a lifeless copy. Okay. Looked like Rukia's sword, but it was bigger because of his spiritual pressure. All right, we'll take that. And then Ichigo runs away from his poor dad, is what I wrote, and goes straight to Ikumi. Oh, my God. Hello. We love Ikumi. Welcome, we love Ikumi. Welcome back, big sister. And, yeah, she says that she feels like an older sister to Ichigo, and he's, like, ranting and raving. And I like, like how she takes him home. He's in yeah. the shower and whatever, yeah, doing his nice. thing. She, she's a good person. I, li- I like her a yeah. lot. Just, like, a generally good person. And then... I don't know about you guys, but like they're hanging out, they're talking, whatever, and the doorbell rings. I immediately PTSD. Sukashima is gonna be at the door. Dude, same. That's the first thing I thought of. I was like, holy yeah. shit. I was like, dude, they have fucked that doorbell up. Like that is not <laughs> okay, dude. I don't know how you go back after that. If I was, I'd have like my heartbeat skip if I was Ichigo. <laughs> okay, not again. Im- imagine a scenario where it is Sukushima, and then he goes Ichigo. What do you think is happening right now? And he wakes up, and he's back in the Fullbring arc. <laughs> I'd be so mad. Oh yeah. my god. Oh god. It would be like all those people. That's like the Naruto people who want Boruto to be an infinite Tsukiyomi. That's exactly what that situation is. It's like I would scrap be it, redo it all. Boruto. Back to full bring arc. It's all a trick. I'd be like, dude, first of all, Kubo, you put so much work into a joke. It's like second of all, fuck you. It's I feel different. like he would be okay with a joke like that. Yeah, yeah that'd expect, be crazy. I would the hell out of that if that joke was real. <laughs> people would be fucking pissed, dog. So instead of Tsukushima, we get Ishin appearing in his Soul Reaper outfit. I, like, I thought oh. that was badass. And hey. I thought that was really cool. They did a good job of like demonstrating how Ichigo immediately saw him. And Ikumi was like, that's weird. Nobody's at the door. And I was like, yep. oh, that's right. Because she can't see. We're so used to everybody being able to see everyone. Well, and then here's a side bit. Isn't Ishin hairy? Yeah. He's very hairy. He's he's not hairy at all in his, um, what's it called? 10,000 Year Blood War form? 10,000 Year, yeah. He waxed, Jose. I, hey man, he got a Brazil. It just caught me off guard because I I remember him being a very hairy dude. Yeah, and then I have um, let's see, Ichigo made sure to say bye to Ikumi when he was leaving. I, was uh, like, oh, I thought that, that was, was nice. very like, sweet. I thought he was just gonna run out, kind of be an a hole, and he was like, all right, I gotta go, bye. But he did forget his substitute soldier badge, which you know, fucking rude as hell, rookie mistake, dude. Then we find out that basically Urahara has filled in Ichin on everything, so I mm. assume that he knows most of it. But Ichin kind of knew that he would get kicked out. They're like, yeah. yeah, it's like he told me you saw Squad Zero, and I kind of figured that they're gonna kick you out. And he's like, and Ichigo got pissed. He was like, what the fuck? And it, then his dad finally had to fucking explain. He's like, oh, you know, he had the talk. Yeah, he was like, you always said you would wait when I'm ready. It's like, 
that's his time. <laughs> it's like, here we go. And that kicks off our flashbacks and everything but the rain. Ishin basically uh, also says that he could not have fixed his broken Bankai and his current state anyways because he knows nothing about himself. And he says, you're not a soul reaper. You're not a regular human either. And he says, Ichigo, your mother was. And then we get the flashback beginning with Masaki Kurosaki. And she says she's a Quincy. So that kicks off here to the Squad 10 Barracks where we can see a young Rangiku who's the lieutenant to Ishin Shiba. Shout out to my girl Kukaku. And Hitsugaya's third seat, which I, I thought a little bit interesting dynamic there. And he basically even comments on the line that Hitsugaya is the next in line and not Rangiku. I love that because he was like, I would pick you over her. Yeah. And he was like, man, Rangiku, if you ever become captain, the whole thing's doomed. The yep. whole thing's done. I was like, oh, okay. All right. I mean, a little bit sexist, but I guess that's okay. I do love the bit where uh, he goes in and he what, he's looking for like a sweet bun or something. Yeah, he like can't a find a street. Yeah, and Toshiro's like, it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, well, he kept going like he's like, hey, have you seen this report? No, but like, anyways, where's my food? Like, so the report, right? Yeah, and he's like, I can't believe you just tried to wipe it off of that. <laughs> um, and the report they're talking about is a report that basically one Soul Reaper died, and then a couple more followed that in a city called Naruki, where they basically Soul Reapers are getting killed in a little. <laughs> position like karakura town where they're just kind of hanging out like afro dude yeah like afro dude basically basically three afro dudes have died already and that's when we get to see the coolest characters in the whole series aizen tozen and gan make their return i know he's he's not he's not handsome aizen though he's not he's nerd aizen here he's straight up nerd aizen i saw it i was like hell yeah the boys are back baby the boys and you see their little hidden research facility that they're doing all their testing on and they talk about how They've been successful in equipping hollows with the ability to hollify their targets, but they just can't find anybody to withstand it, which is why they keep killing all the Soul Reapers. And they say that they're also close to figuring out the location where Shinji and the others are, which I thought was cool. Where they're like, yeah, we're still trying to find those little fuckers. Yeah, because they went into hiding, right? Because yeah. of Urahara? Yeah. They went into full-on hiding, and they went into hiding because Central 46 wanted to kill them. Yeah. And it wasn't so much like, oh, we got a protection from Aizen. It was like, no, like Central 46 will murder you guys because they're you know sticklers. And they basically say that they're – they obviously want the holification project to work, but they're using it as a two birds, one stone attack where we're going to keep holifying people to smoke out the other visors and basically make them reappear. Yep. And then we kill two birds, one stone. We got both of them and then we'll test it all on them. It's almost like Aizen's really smart. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It, the whole plan is great. It's, it's really good. It's plan. all his fucking plan, dude. Yeah. It's really, really good. Um, then Ishin, you know, after him, he immediately goes over to Naruki City by himself and he learns from the couple of nameless soul reapers that are there that it's, it's they keep dying on rainy days is where they yeah keep dying. specifically rainy yes. days when it's rainy that's when all that shit happens and then this is where we go to some of the Ishin family unfortunately which bleh, uh not Ishin we get the um Ishida Ryukin. family Ishida family and we meet Aunt Izumi is how Masaki refers to her but that is Ishin's mom or Ryukin's mom got him all over the place it's Ryukin's mom which is Udi's grandma if we're keeping count here and she asks how Masaki's Seirin is going. I don't, I don't know if they is. use a different word in the English dub, but the fuck is that? It, 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 they do say Sayrin. They said Sayrin, and I didn't bother to look it up. Hello again, Editor Sam here. We had a question in the video as, what is Sayrin? Which I had to do a quick little Google so we could write the wrong that nobody looked it up. It literally just is Quincy training. It could be referred to as Sayrin, which means sacred slash holy training if we're going to do the translation for it. So... There you go. Back to the podcast. <laughs> so whatever Saren is, she's fucking pissed that it's not going well. Yep. She is mad. Well, because I think later on they tell you that uh, Misaki is all about defense. Yes. Yeah. They talk about it way, way, way later. later. That's like where she talked about like her thing is you know defense, which is cool. Um, 
And they talk about how Masaki is basically the only survivor left of the Kurosaki family. And that's why she was taken in by the Ishida family because they were like, oh, oh like, my God, like know? the Uzumaki clan? Yeah, yeah, like the Uzumaki clan. And they were like, oh, man, like another like woman that's all by themselves that needs to breed and carry on their family legacy. Like, we got a guy like right here. It's like, we'll take you and we'll bitch. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. And I and it's she, she basically she nobody ever asked her if she knows. But she knows, and you know she's fucking like devastated by this whole thing, and she's basically just like this fucking bloodline saving woman, once again racist. And then they talk about <laughs> where the dad is, which is Ryukin's dad, aka Uriyo's grandpa. grandpa, and he's in the Funt field, the Funt, the I don't know what the fuck that is, the Funt Feld. Um, Pythes, any idea what that is? No, but it's the place where he goes to fuck off and ignore his family. I clearly I I got to the end part here where they're like talking about healing Masaki and he's like oh he's still gone to where where the fuck did he go like do we get an explanation on that I think they, they straight up say oh we sent someone to go get him yeah it's like we're still trying to contact him well I better fucking hurry he has been start trying since the last episode yep uh, Uryu's dad is like man I fucking hate my dad and the Quincy's he was never there yep. yeah. yeah yeah it's true it's true and I feel like Udu's dad was probably one of those ones where it's like, oh, you know, like we got to try and help the Quincy see the other way. We got to help him. So he was always gone. And then they're like the classic family, like with the resentment and all that. Yep. stuff. Maybe go home like once a week. Yeah. Just make an appearance. That's all you got to do. You could have saved the world at that Come point, on. man. He's, he's got to be like Goku. Yeah. He's got to drop by every once in a while. And after they're done having this little conversation, that's where we meet Katagiri, which is the uh, mom. future mom of Udu, yeah. who is the maid of the Ishida family. And we find out that Izumi she wants to protect which this is really was really confusing me because i was used to um fucking ichigo's older sister that we just met izumi or izuki or whatever her name is and i was like i'm so confused i'm so confused on all the names right yeah ikumi we got ikumi and then izumi and i'm like dude this is all over the place let's call her uryu's grandma uryu's grandma so uryu's grandma she basically only wants to protect the Ect Quincy blood and the Ishida family. And that's the only reason that she brought Masaki in. Mm-hmm. And we go back to Ishin now on the prowl trying to figure out where the fuck this hollow is. And he's like, I can't figure out if they're like just going after Sword Reapers in general, if they're responding to high spiritual pressure. So he unleashes a whole bunch. And that's where we get the aura that we talked about. It's a bright yeah. yellow or like literally Super Saiyan aura. And they do that, and we see the two people underneath him get their heads fucking sliced into. Dude, I, like, I saw that, and I was like, "Damn, that was brutal." I was like, "Oh shit!" I would, you know, the minute he said, "Go home," I would have been like, "Hey, you said so, man. Yeah, I'm out of here, dude." Fuck this. Still. He gave him full like, "Hey, if it rains, you guys go home." And they're like, "Oh, look at Ishim. We're gonna hang out with him." Like that'll be he's like, "No, dog, you're gonna be in the fucking blast zone." Absolute idiot. And so that's when we see the introduction of a black hollow, which we will later learn this name is white of all things. And it's hollow hole is covered up, but like almost it looked like a heart to me. Yeah. It was like plugged up. Yeah. It's like complete, which I don't know what significance that really has. It's not like uh, is the hole significantly a weak point. Has that been established or anything? Or what, what does it matter? It, it looks more like it's just a symbolic, like it's, we can kind of make him a hollow, but not really. Okay. And then we find out that it's custom. So um, Masaki wants to run out and immediately help because he she sends us two large spiritual pressures. And that's when Ryukin is like, you, like, hey, no, don't do it. It's like, you know it's custom for us to go out after they died. They're vultures. Yeah, basically, basically. And then they say it's best that even when they do go out, they personally don't go out. They send the maids. Uh. And they refer to them as the... Gimish, Gimish, Gimish. They send the Gimish I don't know if that's you pronounce that, but Katagiri is a part of it who is, you know, Udu's future mom. Ishin is fighting this hollow. He comments about how it looks like a hollow, but full on fights like a soul reaper. So it makes it very confusing for him to fight. 
and he gets pushed so far back he falls into Karakura Town, of course. Yeah, classic. And you find out it's under Squad 13's protection, who the person that comes up to tell him that immediately gets fucking glacked. Another yep. sleeper down. And that's when Ishin's able to decide where each time he's basically this hollow is devouring Soul Reaper, he gets stronger. So he then says it's also acting like a Menos, where, you know, shout out to oh. Grim Joe, where he's basically going around devouring all of these people in order to get stronger into the, you know. The, and he hits him with the Saros when he yeah. noticed it. And yeah. the Sero animation was sick. Yeah. Fucking oh. sick. Um, but Ishin's- we didn't hear the noise. Um, the noise was slightly different if it was. I feel like they made the noise. I don't know. I would have to follow, go back and see, but I think they, they made the noise because Ishin is wondering basically now, like he sees all the stuff, all the pieces fall into place. And he's like, okay, like who sent this guy? Because there's no way something this strong doing the, the Sarah is what set him off. He's like, okay, ain't no way something this strong is wandering around soul society's not picked it up. So he immediately knows something's up and that's when he gets slashed in the back. Yeah. And that's when we see eyes and Gan and toes in all there. And they're all wearing the black cloak that Urahara used to sneak around. And I was like, Oh, sick. Sick, but I like how he knows from the way he was cut. He's like, that was a soul reaper. Yeah, uh, yeah. He immediately knew. He was like, there's. A, he's like, that was a soul reaper. Somebody's pulling the strings here. Yep. I was like, damn. Ishin, like, they show a little bit later. He's not the smartest guy. He's not the quickest to pick up on things. But in combat, he seems quick. Yeah, he seems real quick. And we get a little bit of narration from Eisen here, where basically he says the hollow is covered in black armor. Is how they're how they're doing it. But it's called white due to the whiteness inside of him. Which I assume is just like the white fluids that we see kind of like burst out of Ichigo and stuff like that. Is that is that what he's referring to in the whiteness? I don't know. I just like uh, he had a white face. Maybe that. I just like <laughs> I'm gonna call this thing white. Yeah, just to be an asshole further. Um, then we see Ishin is able to cut off an arm, and that's when he starts doing the Sarogan, which is purple, by the way, which is fucking baller, beast color. Yeah, and Masaki shows up then, and I like this part because Masaki shows up and tells us like she's not part of the plan. I'll kill her. And yeah. I'm like, damn, that was in. And I do love Eisen being like, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I kind of want to see this dude, play out. Classic scientist, just like, well, we could, but how cool would it be if we watched? Yeah, I want to see this interaction. And then White decides to go after her. Yeah, which was, I don't know, I, I guess maybe how that was decided, but White too was like, yeah, let, fuck it, let's get her in this party. He's like, she's cute, I'm after it. Yeah, and I really liked, like, Masaki, we saw the shooting of the arrows, which has been a classic Uryu staple. We've always seen the fucking screen filled with the blue, but I feel like we don't often see the dodging. Like, the hollow dodging yeah. when in the arrow, he was fluid, like, we he's dipping and diving. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Because even with the fight with Stark and Kiraku, it was very, like, eh. And this one, this guy is full on diving through the arrows and stuff. I was like, damn, animation's gotten good. It's gotten really, really good. And I fucking love how Masaki was able to kill this thing. Oh, my God. Same. When she's just, she's just like, love. oh, well, got you. Come at me, son. Come at me. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know what the fuck she shot. I wrote down. She like fucking lets it bite her. And then she pulls out some sort of a fucking pistol blunderbuss arrow fucking Boom. just shoots it right in the head. I'm like, damn. She blacked him, dude. She's a thug. It was way cool. And that's when we find out that the hollow starts to do a self-destruct technique. And that's when Ishin saves Masaki. You know, the classic love story. He hops in, does his thing. And we get this kind of interesting thought process from Masaki where she's like, oh, like, should I tell this guy who I am? I mean, like, at that point, you, you see a blue arrow. You're like, I know what yeah, you are, dude. Yeah, it's like it's already a bit sold. But I guess she doesn't She doesn't even mention like, oh, yeah, he probably knows what I am. He's, she's worried about like, hey, how's the Soul Reaper going to react? And then she's yeah. like, fuck it. She's like, hey, yeah, I'm a Saki. I'm a, I'm a Quincy. And that's that scene. We uh, I right love her attitude. She's hilarious. Yeah. And I love also that Ishan's like, oh, cool. It's like very cool. He had to think about it totally for a second. But then he's like, oh. And I wrote, Masaki has a thought after that. I was like, man, I wonder if all Soul Reapers are like this. Like, 
Yeah. The Ishida family would love Soul Reavers if they're like this. I was like, yikes. <laughs> yikes. <laughs> it's like, that's not going to end well for any of them. She's thinking about it all wrong. But she's got the right intentions, you know? And I think uh, Ishan just says, oh, my God, I didn't think you guys were real. Yeah. So there are some of you left. Yeah. And even later, when he's thinking in the – when they have the little captains being in the next episode – um. He kind of is thinking like, oh, like I heard reports they were still around, but it's like I didn't know, like for sure. And it's like, I guess it's true. Uh, you remember when you were talking and you were saying they're coming in like vultures to scavenge the meat? I, I viewed it more as they don't want Soul Reapers to know they exist, but they still want to protect people from hollows. So unless a Soul Reaper gets killed, they're not going to go out. That makes a lot of sense because it's like, why it bother? Here's my argument for that. Let's say there's a Soul Reaper that's out there doing their job, doing their thing. He's finding a hollow. Another hollow appears in another location. Do they take care of the other hollow? I don't know. Maybe. Because I don't think, in my mind, I don't think they would come out, period, unless the Soul Reaper was gone because they don't want to risk it. I agree with that, actually. Unless it's a sure shot. All, all, all the Soul Reapers are over here, maybe. So I'll go over there. Yeah, unless... Unless they knew 110%, like, hey, there's not a chance of being seen. They're not going to know this hollow is there. You know, like, the whole fucking caboodle, you know, then they will do it. But I think if they have any idea where, like, the Soul Society maybe picked this hollow up, they already figured this out, I don't think they would go out. I don't think they would save anybody. I think they would let people get killed. Because remember, in the, in this, it, they did, they weren't just, like, persecuted. This was a full-on genocide. All the Quincy's had to go. So it is of the utmost importance that they shut the fuck up and stay where they are. True. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. Very true. After this little exchange happens with Masaki, and we find out Ryukin and uh, I forgot, you know, Uryu's mom. They're all watching the whole thing, and Ryukin is just like, "Hey, this never happened. Nothing happened." And yeah. I'm like, uh, he straight up goes like, "Hey, Ryukin's a good guy. No report here. Like, yeah, good, good guy through and through. He really is." And that's when we get a little bit more discussion from the gang. They go back to their hideout. I'm talking eyes and Gen and Tozen, and Tozen is upset that White. He self-destructed, which means that he – I'm going to give you the exact wording here. He surpassed the target holification phase and reached the final metastasize phase and passed it on to a Quincy. So basically, all you need to get from that is he passed holification successfully onto a Quincy, and he's pissed. He's like, oh, that's supposed to go to a fucking Soul Reaper because they're trying to better themselves. you know. Mm -hmm. And that's what Urhar kind of touches down in the next episode as well. And then in this one – I watched the after credit scene. There's an after credit scene on this one, and this is where we see Uryu get approached by approached by Yukram. Yeah, yep. Because he's just standing there in the fucking dark. Yeah, I think. It, or no, it's raining. It's raining. It's raining. It's raining yeah. with the theme, everything but the oh, yeah, rain. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, yeah. That rain animation. Yeah, yeah. Fucking beautiful. beautiful. Really Fantastic. beautiful. They did like a great fucking job. And with that, that's the end of episode eleven. Pythes, anything? All right. So we'll just go right on to that Yukram scene, and to where I'm saying, hey, hasn't it been like three days? Since uh, Ichigo and all that shit happened, so was Uryu just standing in the rain waiting for someone to show up? Yeah, I how I imagine it, Uryu read all that stuff. He kind of figured out what happened. He's kind of thinking about his inside, like, man, they fucking slaughtered all my people, you know, like, and I've been helping them, so on and so forth. And he has just been, he'll come back inside to sleep every once in a while. But then when it's raining, he just goes out there and just thinks himself. He's just a mopey boy right yeah, now. He's just moping. I'm saying they should have saved that shot for, like, the ending of the last episode. Because it's just weird here. It, it is yeah, weird. It is. And I, I have not seen the last episode yet because this is my first time ever watching it. But I would assume it's not going to pay off. Yeah. Uh, so I wrote, fuck yeah, Ichigo's hot boss is back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then I wanted to – so I wrote on the 
the message, I was looking up dates. So let's see. Apparently, this is happening in 1980. Where did I write it down? 1981. This takes place in 1981. Okay. 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 And this is the everything but the rain takes place in 1981. Yes, because uh, canonically, the first part of Bleach takes place in 2001. And Thousand Year Blood okay. is 2003. Interesting. And Ichigo was 15 in 2001, so he was had to be born in 86. And then could you reverse engineer that? And from the beginning of Bleach, it was nine years since his mother died. Is that correct? But, I believe so. Because I think they say that when the introduction, when they're talking about the yeah. flashback, they say like, oh, what happened nine years ago? Because then at the very end, which we're going to get to to wrap it all up, he gives that little spiel about like, oh, there's the old tale of Yuha Baha needing like 90 years for this, nine, nine years for this, 90 days for this or something like that. I'll get to that part later, actually. But I, if it, he, if he said nine years, wouldn't it have been like six instead? Nine, eight, no, seven because of the two-year time skip? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. Right, let's see. Something, something, 2000, whatever. I said, look, it's the Masaki unit I never pulled in BBS. <laughs> hey, the, the god nad unit, the purple nad. She's so good, I never got her. I don't have that unit, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. I got her because you know, I'm just the best. But uh, they, I got her. They cut a scene from the manga, and I remember this specifically because I thought it was stupid. Uh, when when Ishin is first talking to Rangiku, he says, oh, by the way, when you were running around trying to find me, the sweat made your boobs look really good. <laughs> they the probably boy. decided not necessary <laughs> they were like yes that would be kind of funny but they're like yeah not necessary yeah yeah and then for once all of my other points were covered in just discussion so we can move on to episode 12 oh nice we're hey. doing we're getting better sam there we go there we go it only took us 11 episodes we're moving on to 11, 12, <laughs> episode 12 now so i was a little confused with sparta episode 12 because i kind of thought in my hazy memory it went straight from the interaction with the white to straight up Ishin not coming back. So I was like, the fuck is he doing in the middle of captain's meeting? I thought the exact same. Why did he not bring up the fact that there's a potential traitor? Probably to not alert the traitor. True. Isn't, isn't that why a lot of people like keep the, oh, there's a mole here. I'm not going to say anything because I will alert him. But like, hey, a simple, um, hey, just a heads up. As I was fighting the white, I got slashed by a Zompok toe in my back. And I'm pretty sure that this super mega strong hollow is being hidden by a soul reaper. I feel like he should have said that to uh, Yamamoto. Yeah, like a sidebar yeah. or something. Just like, hey, can I? Because even Yama asked him in, like, are you sure? But here's how I see that going, right? Because Yama's a fucking a-hole. You go, <laughs> hey, Yama, can I speak to you? Like, Or he goes like, hey. Because he asked, that's 100% what happened. You're not leaving anything out, are you? And you're like, well, there's some things I want us to discuss with you privately. Well, what can't you say in front of your fellow captains here, Ishin? And they'd be like, oh, really? going to put me on a spot like that? you going to fuck me? Uh, so I saw it more as uh, we didn't. We don't know that he didn't say there might have been a traitor in the report. Well, I feel like if he did say there was a traitor in the report, everything would be much different. And I feel like the story readers have no fucking excuse for trying to like, hey, you know, it's so weird. Uraharo, all that stuff with him that was going on. And now there's a traitor that's happening. That's, you know, this weird hollow is also going around that's really strong. Maybe we Let's should look investigate. into something. Yeah. To be fair, that was like a hundred years ago. All right, well, that's like a fucking year in Soul Reaper time, okay? Wait, so when did Ishin become a captain then? I don't know. I don't know if he was the captain back then or not. It can't. There cannot have been any overlap because he does not know who Urahari is. He had heard about him but didn't know who he was. True. You only hear rumors and legends about his hat. <laughs> yeah. Hat and clogs. Like, oh, there he is. Found him. I need to get that hat. Yeah. Okay. 
So I did not get that hat, but there was a hat from Tiger and Bunny that I wanted. Is really that that one? I wanted that it's a green and white hat also, but it was like kind of one of those British style hats that you'd see. And it was a Tiger and Bunny that one of the main guys wears. It. And I was like, that's a cool fucking hat. So I used to go to this anime store all the time in the Westminster Mall. And I used to go always like on my lunch break just to browse and like fill some extra time. And so I got really close with the owner. And I was telling her about this hat. I was like, yeah, they have the official hat. She's like, oh, you could probably order it if you want it. So I was like, hell yeah. So she ordered it. I bought it, and this is where I learned about uh, such a thing as Japanese sizes, where it's just not meant for my head. It's just like, and you know, American size hats are also not meant for my head. So <laughs> Japanese size hats are definitely not meant for my head. So I bought it. I tried it on in the store, and I was like, yeah, it fits great. And I took it home, and I never wore it again because it doesn't fit my head. Oh. Uh... I have the exact opposite problem where I let my hair grow out too much and hats won't fit anymore. We're birds of a feather, really. <laughs> I just got a average size head, I guess. I'm like, Damn, I'm just an average Must person. Must be nice, Jose. Must <laughs> be nice. Uh, back to our captain's meeting. I ha- also wrote that Yama just forgives Ishin, which is the first time I think I've ever seen that in my fucking life. He, like, he's just like, all right, yeah, you save some people. I forgive you. I was like, the fuck? Yeah, I was surprised. He's like, well, I'll look the other way on this yeah. one. Yeah. And then a couple other funny things also. Uh, Mayuri was upset that he didn't retrieve the body. Of the yeah. hollow. And I was like, all right. Yeah, classic. We love that. And then obviously, you know, he gets asked, like, is that for sure? Everything is there. And Ishin continues to lie that Masaki was never there. And I was mm-hmm. like, what an upstanding guy. But I do like the next following scenes where he's kind of laying down and he's just thinking about her the yeah. whole time. Well, you get like Masaki thinking of him. He's thinking of Masaki. And it's like, oh, it's a love story. Ooh. And then um, we find out. So I don't know if this is true. Pai, this is maybe a question for you. Jose, I'd be impressed if you know this. When Masaki is walking out of school, she's talking with all of her girlfriends. Obviously, this could be just a lie that she's telling her girlfriends. He says she says that Ryukin is his co- is her cousin. I don't know. Probably. I mean, if they're, if they're it might if, be. It's like if they're both like pure pure purebred Quincy's. There's probably some inbreeding going on. They're probably related, like the British aristocracy. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, it's totally. I could see that being inbreeding, but I could also see it just kind of being like, oh, isn't it weird that you live with this family that's not yours? You're like, oh, he's my cousin. Ha ha. I thought it was her just covering it up. Yeah. yeah. That's, I'm that's... saying it could go either way, but also with the you know, history of racism and the Quincy blood Yo. and the inbreeding, I could see that being just right in line. I mean, they they have a term for people that are that are not pure bloods, man. Yeah. Muggles. <laughs> no, no, no bloods. Come on. <laughs> yeah, bloods, sorry, bloods. Muggles are humans, huh? Yep, powerless people. Just regular people. Okay, all right. Well, I was in the ballpark. Um, so in this same scene where we're talking with Masaki, talking to all of his girlfriends, Masaki bumps into Urahara. And that's when she starts kind of having her little hot flashes. And Urahara is able to immediately, he's like, He picks up on yeah, it. He's like, yeah, he's like, Oh, shit. He's like, he's like, you ain't right. okay, girl. He's like, Yeah, I've been studying that for 100 years. So, this seems pretty similar. Was that just a casual encounter or was it like him already thinking about it and been like hmm something's up that's a good question maybe he saw some of the stuff and maybe because i would not be surprised if maybe urahara picked up on the scent of aizen being there and so he ran over there and he was maybe able to ah. see the remains of what was happening he's able to figure out so he probably already thought it was weird that this hollow was already killing a bunch of people yeah yeah he was probably already looking into it and then he probably was even more alerted when he i imagine he had some sort of way of being like oh there's some like because even Masaki, you know, who's not like obviously the most well trained, she was like, "Yo, there's two fucking huge spiritual pressures going on." So I'm sure Urahara was like, "He's like, well, yeah, that's my ticket. Yeah, there's something going on over there." Urahara was talking about it, or at least in his internal monologue, he's like, "Oh wait, hold up, what's this?" So I th- mm-hmm. think 
he's aware of shit going on, but him bumping into Masaki was coincidence. Okay, uh-huh. okay. And then let's see, Masaki goes home, and basically we find out that Katagiri, the mom of Uryu, snitched to the mom Snitches of get Ryuken, stitches, man. And we basically find out that she did it kind of out of a nice place in her heart, but also kind of to get her... Her get way. ahead, yeah, yeah, because she she tries to spin it as basically Masaki doesn't get proper Quincy treatment, the bloodline will be tainted, and she's like, oh well, Ryukin, you're always talking about how it requires you to be happy for the bloodline to be good and to look towards the future, so I did this for you. It's like Jesus Christ, manipulative, like, much? yeah, like settle down. Um, which you know, I guess if you believe her, that's a nice thing. If you don't, I mean, yeah, she's playing her game. Then Ryukin runs back and basically still tries to take the blame, which I thought was super nice. Like Ryukin is just the whole thing is just an upstanding guy. He's a- all the way through and through. Yeah, why is his son a piece of shit? Maybe he smoked while he was pregnant. Well, <laughs> I would argue that he, Ryukin, probably turned into a piece of shit when Katagiri died. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. His happiness died. Yeah. His happiness died, and it died because of basically their king. Yeah. Which makes me fucking pissed that we don't get any sort of, uh, I don't know, like, payback scene for Ryukin. You know, he, he it would have been so dope. He doesn't get his commitment. Same thing with, like, Ishin. You know, they appear, then what? What do they do? They shoot an arrow at him. I, I mean, hey, I guess they fucking threw a rock at him. Congrats. So, um, let's see. At this point, Masaki collapses back into the back on the ground. And she gets a hollow hole that forms right in front of her, and that's where we find out the classic where Ryukin's dad is still just fucking MIA. Uryu's grandpa fucked off somewhere. Nobody get a hold of him. And the big ass hollow about so Ryukin takes Masaki. Fucks off. Who knows where the fuck he's going? I don't know what his game plan was or where he's trying to take her to, but he takes her and fucks off. Maybe just so that the mom doesn't like try to mercy kill her or something. Probably. So he fucks off. Then a random big ass hollow shows up, about to eat both of them. And that's when Ishin shows up and he's like, yo, what up? Yeah. And he sees the hollow hole. Ryukin is like, nah, fuck off. Like, don't touch her. And then we get Urahara also showing up. He's like, hey, what's up? And he's like, yeah, I know how to save her, but uh, you guys got to come with me. There's a there's a brief chance to do it. Real quick pause here, though. Yeah, okay, yeah, so yeah. Ryukin just grabs Misaki and just jumps and leaves, right? Yeah. He's a human, right? He's a Quincy. Ry- Ryukin. Well, Quincy human, right? So does he... Can people see him while he's jumping up there? As far as I know, yes. There you go. Okay, well, I'm like, I was always confused by that because no one can see, like, spirits, you know, soul reapers and everything. So I'm like, You should know people in Japan, their heads don't go up, Jose, obviously. That's (laughs) how all of this stuff can happen in the sky and nobody sees it. That makes a lot of sense. They just simply are uh, impossible to look up. That's all. Do you remember in the early episodes when Uryu and Ichigo were having the hollow killing contest? Yep, the classic. Ichigo is basically invisible, and I think there's a shot of some people just looking at Uryu shooting an invisible bow looking like a jackass. Oh, my. Yeah, there is. There is. I think there's some people that see it. And I think it might even have been, like, or a Hime and stuff where they're like, oh, what are they doing in the park? There's like role playing or something. Yeah, because they're like, they're like running around. around and screaming, right? Yeah. So like I imagine there's like one kid looking out his window, seeing a dude jumping in the air with a woman, like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He's looking like, at his chocolate milk. Holy like, shit. I dude. don't know what this is. This is something happening. Mom. So, Urahara goes on it further. They're back at the classic Urahara shop. And this is where he basically explains there's a lot of explaining here. He says, I'll tell you the choices you have to save her. And he's obviously been researching the same symptoms that affects her for over 100 years. You know, obviously the visors, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. And he says that Masaki will never be able to go back to the way that she used to. And she is at risk of something called soul suicide. Where basically souls who undergo the holification, they all will eventually become mindless monsters and self-destruct against their will. Which I don't know. I think he kind of alludes to it how he's able to save the visors. But I don't know how they weren't 
forced to go under the same procedure. Magic. Magic. All right. They use magic, I guess, to get out of that. And he says that the only way to prevent the soul suicide is to basically counteract this holification. And you have to inject it something into the soul. And it has to be the complete opposite of what this thing is. So for an example, soul reapers are the opposites of Quincy's. Humans are the opposites of hollows. And she's currently a hollow Quincy hybrid with the hole on her. So they need somebody who is a human soul reaper hybrid. Uh, Ryukin immediately figures it out. He's like, no, fuck that. And Ishin's just like, huh? He's like, like, uh... Can I get the answer, please? Yeah, and that's when Urahara continues on where he basically built a special gi guy that will completely envelop the soul that enters it, turning them into, completely into a human, which at that point I did not understand. If he's completely human, it doesn't make sense to me. There's not, not a soul reaper anymore, whatever. And then basically if Ishin enters it, he'll become a soul reaper human hybrid, which is her exact opposite. And when he does enter this gi, this gi guy, his soul will be binded to Masaki soul and the hollow within her with a string of reishi, and that basically... He, he straight up says that that will be passed down to all of her future generations mm-hmm. as well. And he said as long as Ishin remains in the Gigai, he will be unable to use his powers and won't be able to even see hollows. And once he gets in, it's highly likely he can never return to being a Soul Reaper again. And with all of that, we get Ryukin kind of doing inner monologue like, man, that's a lot of downsides. He'll never do it. And he's like, okay. He's like, I'll do it. Yeah. He's like, fuck it. And I really like this line from uh, Ishin. So I did write it down where he's like, yo, if I let the person who saved me die here – because I couldn't make a decision, I know my future self will laugh at me. I was like, oh. Yeah. I respect I, I like that. that. I, I like respect that a lot. Because there is times where it's like, yo, if you had just decided, you're good. You're good. But the fact that you kind of lollygagged and kind of waited, the more time you wait, the worse it gets. Yep. Where it even shows, like, I mean, once they go inside the soul of Masaki and they show it, like, she was about to be eaten. And Ishan's like, hey, what up? Like, I'm here. Yeah, he's like, I'm here to save you. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, and it's totally true. Like, the fact that he was good to go. Easy peasy. Not that big of a deal. So we get the scene of Ryukin basically now. He leaves. We get that scene of them inside the soul, which is total reference to when Rukia and, and Ichigo got to say Ichigo saved Rukia. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. High, holding her. She's naked this time, though. So a little bit cooler, I suppose. I, and we get Ryukin leaving. And that's where we see Katagiri being a fucking weirdo just hanging out in the rain. And she's like, oh, did you leave uh, Masaki with the Soul Reaper? And he's just like, yeah, I did. And they, I, I mean, listen, I'm glad that they got together, right? Ryukin deserves a honey. But she was fucking sitting out there waiting like a lion stalking prey, all right? And then the wounded gazelle came out of the Urahara shop. Ah, she hit him with she the wounded like, gazelle. That's my fucking prey right there, baby. And she jumped. She <laughs> jumped. And then she was like, oh, like, is Masaki okay? I left her with a story Oh, okay, cool. Well, I mean, I guess. Well, I'm here, and I only want to see you happy, and that's all I want for my life. It's like, fuck you, Katagiri. He's like, get your own, bitch. Okay, we have the opposite of that, where Ura says, okay, Ishin, I know you're like a couple hundred years old, Um, so I'm going to need you to groom this teenager. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that is true, because in the flashbacks – 100% 100% in the flashbacks or like the continued flashbacks coming up, he even straight up says like, yeah. And then so after Masaki graduated high school, and I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. So whoa. he waited. He's like, I forgot about that part. <laughs> Their age of consent is different in Japan too. Both couples are, both couples are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Great, great point, Jose. Yeah, yeah, great point. Um, So carrying on, obviously we get the graduation high, uh, from high school, and that's when we find out Masaki properly left the Ishida family. And we get Ishin. He opens up his own clinic with the skills that he learned in the Soul Reaper Academy 
and then he also hint hint not judge Urahar helped him with that I thought that was cool getting get him a clinic he's like I have the skills I could put him to use whatever yeah it was a great setup and he's like yeah we all have to learn healing things when we're in the academy anyway so it's like I'll go ahead and set this up and then he also mentions that he lied to Masaki about what happened and tells mm-hmm. her that she he was banished from soul society and that's why he can't use his powers anymore and he was like yeah I told her that she always sees through my lies though and it's like I, he's he never confirmed with her, but he was like, she probably knew I was lying. She was always able to tell whenever I was lying. So she probably knew. And she just, she knows she accepts that I'm lying and she forgives. And I'm like, what a good person. Yeah. And I think in English, he says it's like a game almost where it's like, he will tell a lie. She figures it out, but doesn't oh. say anything. That's cool. I like that. That's fucked. The game is, oh uh, yeah, man. I love lying to my wife. But it's not like <laughs> it's not like a hard lie. Not like, hey, I cheated on you. Figure it out. Yep. It's like it's just like, hey, I'm doing this to protect you. And she's like, I know. Like, thank you. And she's just OK with it. But so it's sweet. Pythes. I, I like that little bit, too, that we get at the end where he's like, oh, she goes off to college, comes back, and yeah. makes fun of me. Yeah. And we go out on a movie and then he explains the whole center of the yeah, sun thing. And I was cool. like, oh, my it's heart. It's really sweet. He does a good job. Yishin's a great little storyteller. Yeah, like, you go, Yishin. Um, I do have a question after all this flashback stuff happens. Yeah. So they talk about how basically the hollow is going to be passed on for generations and generations. So is Ichigo's kid going to have the hollow in him now? Does Ichigo still have the hollow? Does it pass on when Ichigo dies? How does it work? I think the hollow just kind of became the other half of Zangetsu. Okay, so it's ending with Ichigo. That's what I assume. I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. Right. If, yeah. What's his name? Kazui gets it? Because they straight up say it's going to be with her for generations generations, and then obviously it passes to Ichigo. Well, the sisters don't get any of it. But maybe because that it's a it's a plural one one and done. One you know, and like done thing. Someone sucked it up. Like the firstborn ripped it and like boom, went on. Or it could just be that they don't have like a strong enough spiritual pressure to kind of awaken it. Oh, that's potential. That's also. true. Yeah, that's I mean, totally. Karin's kind of like, or potentially they didn't have enough spiritual pressure to even hold it, because that's true. the problem having with the hollow to begin with. There's also like it only showed up in near death experiences, like when he was fighting Renji and then Kempachi, the mask showed up. So they haven't all yeah. died enough. True. True. So all, all good points. So we'll never know if they have it. Because uh, who knows when Bleach is coming back? We'll never, ever, ever know. Exactly. So we get following up, obviously, where Ishin is talking about how he's able to use his Soul Reaper powers now. He says that because the Hollow was released due to Ishin's soul pressure not being enough to suppress it anymore. So basically, Ichigo and the Hollow grew so strong that he wasn't able to suppress that Hollow anymore. So that's why it became a thing. And because that connection was broken, then he was able to leave the Gigai, so on, so forth. He's eventually able to come to be a Soul Reaper again. And so we get, obviously, the talk now about what happened on the day that she died. How did she die? Because, obviously, Ishin can't use powers, but she's still a full-on Quincy. Yep. Straight up. And so this is when they talk about that she was an ect Quincy. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know what that is, but he said that. It means pure. Oh, pure pure blood Quincy. And she he that's where he said that her defensive blue vein was exceptionally powerful, like really, really good. And she could have defeated Grand Fisher without a single scratch on her that day. Mm-hmm. A single scratch, it would have been fucking light work instantly. But then she lost her Quincy powers the day that she died and Oswalin happened where a it's a Quincy selection process by Yuha Baha himself. And basically Yuha Baha goes through and takes the powers from Quincy's that he deems impure and he takes them and makes them his own. Which and that's how Masaki died, and then they say Uryu's 
impure, frail mom. I was like, Jesus. You yeah, they were so fucked up. I hate Katagiri too. You didn't got to sleep so many results <laughs> away. Like, that's crazy. And she also lost her life. And that's how they became best buds. Yeah. Because it, it weakened her and she fell ill. Yeah. She, she was already frail and she kind of got fucked up over that. And then he further goes on to talk about that Yuhabaha is the father of the Quincy's. They all started from him, so they all have his blood running in their veins. And I, I wanted to make a special note after this whole little talk, Ichigo does thank his dad. I was like, it's about fucking time. I know. Ishin did so much his for you. His dad is so nice and so awesome, and he thanks his dad. And I'm like, about fucking time. <laughs> and the, one of the last little things, we get Akumi outside of the house, and she's there to return the badge. Yeah. And he's like, all right, time to go. And I'm like, nice. And that's it. That's the end of episode 12. To be, I'd like to point out that Ishin did wake Ichigo up every day with a drop kick. It was training by <laughs> these and love. <laughs> I do miss those earlier interactions between them, like mm-hmm. opening the window and having him fall and yeah, all that stuff. Classics. All right, I'm gonna. I guess we'll go to my notes then. Do you think Ishin still has that giant poster of Misaki? Yes, hundred percent. That that poster is the best thing about their house. <laughs> <laughs> it's the talking point it, of the it's, house. What is it? Him and Yuzu are always like, "Oh my god, my wife." Alright, so I know I just noticed a detail I should have noticed before. So we get a look at Ishin's sword. It has these two little rope tassels hanging from it. Yes. Uh, those are also hanging off of each like original Ichigo sword at the beginning of the series. Was uh-huh. it two? I thought That's it was cool. just one. That's cool. Yeah, I looked back, it was two, and I think they were both blue, but it's been a Yeah. Uh, they they cut a scene from the manga again with nudity. Where uh, Misaki, oh. like, hey, who are you? And straight up in the manga, they just draw her nipples. Oh, yes, I do remember this. Because like, we were in high school when this happened, I think. Oh. He's like, bitch, put clothes on. How could we forget? <laughs> As a teenager, yeah. man, the shit. But Misaki did the meme face, the the famous Misaki meme face. And I was like, oh, that. that- oh, the, si- the side eye one? Yeah. Like, oh, that was Gabe's profile picture on Discord for like a couple yeah. years. I missed that. Long time. And Ashwalan means select or selection. Okay. And that's the end of my notes, except for that really long one I'm going to go on in a minute. So you guys got anything else? No. So what was, I guess, my only last thing that I want to question you about, Pythes, is the whole nine years for this, 90 days for this, whatever the fuck it was. What was it? Oh, that's a, a that's how long it took for him to come back to life after he got fucking rocked by Yama. So I guess my question is, we kind of get a teaser of this at the end of Bleach, obviously. Will he forever reincarnate? Uh, well, considering uh, what happened in Can't Free Your Own World, uh, he can't because oh, busy. Correct. Because right. Okay. But like, so here's here's I guess my misunderstanding, right? Because I do know what happens in Can't Free Your Own World, yeah, which a little bit spoilers for Can't Fear Your Own World. Yeah, a little bit. Jose, you looked a little confused. They basically use Yuwa's body to replace the Soul King. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. But at the end of Bleach proper, we see Ichigo's son basically zap away the Yuha Baha. Oh, yeah, the little, uh, was it the little remnant of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what was that? Uh, it was the little bit okay. of him that was left over. Then he disappeared and gone. Okay, so we'll just say that that was just a little bit left over, and he was trying to come back, and Kazui, is that his name? He was just zapped it away. Our boy. Going into the Hellverse, dude. Yeah, yeah, okay. That, yeah, that's it. I mean, hey, baller fucking episodes. We got one episode left. So the game plan going forward, uh, uh, not Udio, fucking Pythes has a uh, little rant that he wants to go on that he discovered. We've been waiting for it all day, so stick around. It's not the end. But we're doing the last episode of Core 1 next week. We'll talk about predictions, hype, things like that for Core 2. And then the week after that, Core 2, Episode 1 should be out.
Yeah, and we'll go weekly, right? Yep. Like we'll one, go weekly, one episode after that. the episode. So it should be a, a little bit shorter episodes, a lot more um, discussion about what happened, thoughts, things like that. Probably a little bit less recap heavy, but I think it'll be good. It'll be yeah. really good. All right, Pythes, hit it. Uh, so one thing I cut from my notes was at the very beginning of episode one, they do the whole speech about Yuha, right? Regains mm-hmm. his life, regains his strength, regains the world. And he reminded me of this concept in mythology and folklore called the king in the mountain or the king under the mountain. Have either of you ever... Oh, 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 oh. are we talking about the Hobbit? (laughs) My boy, you piqued my interest. Kind of. It's the concept of a culture or a country will have this, this figure like a hero or a king that they're gone. They either died in a battle or they went off somewhere. But they will... It's like the Avatar... Yes, but one day they will return and they will bring the people to glory again. And that, I'm thinking like King Arthur, he didn't die at the Battle of Camelot. He went to go rest on the island of Avalon and he's going to come back in Britain's time of need. Uh, King Charlemagne is somewhere in Austria and he's going to come back. And I feel like Yuha is a darkened version of this. Where, so he dies. And all the Quincy's are sad, and he's gone for 900 years. And before he comes back, they have the big genocide. And then he comes back, and he regains his intellect. And then he regains his strength by purging all the, the mudbloods, basically. And he, and he goes on, and he goes, we're going to lead all the Quincy's to glory. We're going to kill a bunch of soul reapers. And then it turns out he's a massive piece of shit. Any questions so far? No, nope. that, that makes perfect sense to me. And it's yep. like, that's totally true because a lot of the times, I mean, he basically took like the hero folklore where it's like, yeah, they're going to come back and save us if we ever need him. Don't fucking worry about it. And then he was like, okay, so now what if the people who were thinking that they were a little bit evil? And it's like, and what if the guy that's coming back? Real piece of shit. Like, yeah, real, even worse. Real piece of shit. So it was like, basically the Nazis, like, yeah, don't worry. Hitler's not dead, which is a thing that people think, by the way, or he didn't die in that specific spot that we believe they think he escaped but like yeah if we need it for the uprising he's going to come back and he's going to lead us again that's basically it i i heard he escaped to argentina i heard he became a head in a jar he glocked himself in that bunker (laughs) (laughs) but that and that was basically it he just reminds me of that i'm like it's interesting but he comes back and he does lead a successful campaign that first invasion of soul society went really 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 well I mean, I would say even, like, the first half of the second invasion goes really, 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 really well. He's able – I mean, spoiler for Core 2. I mean, I feel like this should be – I said that, obviously, like, we were talking about the spoilers in the opening. We assume you've read the manga already, and this is just, you know, talking about stuff like that. But he defeats Jinbei, right? That's a feat in itself. Jinbei? Not, not Jinbei. Um, Squad Zero Captain who writes all the names. Ichibe. 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 I'm in the ballpark every time. I, I mean, close. I just, close can't, enough, I just yeah. can't nail it. He defeats Ichibei, which I think is a feat in all all of itself. It, like, an incredible, like, hey, you defeated the guy who names everything. Like, he is, like, OP as fuck. And so that's why I say the first half of that second one, he killed it. He killed it. Killed it. He gets his boys. He kills God and absorbs God. Is that all happening in Core 2? No. No, no, no. That's towards not, the end, right? Not a chance in hell yeah. that this will be, that'll all be in Core 2. So like I, he's only stopped by the unstoppable tag team of the protagonist and the cool villain. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. I cannot wait to get more of our eyes and scenes, dude. Oh my god, it's gonna be badass once they release him. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing. Welcome to my soul society. 
yeah, 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 yeah. It's gonna be so good, dog. Whoo! Anything else we want to touch on from the episodes? I feel like these were very lore heavy. I don't think we spent too much time on them, which was good. Um, but I think we touched just enough. I'm, I think yeah. it was good. It was good stuff. Every everything but the rain has been hyped forever since it came out. I remember just being excited that we were gonna get it in core one. Mm-hmm. I'm shocked they're over already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quick. They didn't fuck around. I, I'm so used to the pace of the old anime that, like, just the Kenpachi fight could have taken, like, five episodes. It's true. Yeah, that, that's it's very totally true. true. They really could have drawn it out. And I feel like the times – I don't know. It's, it's a, The pacing is obviously fast, and that's been touched on forever. But I feel like in this, they did a lot of the philosophical stuff still where they were talking about, like, the thrill of the fight and that stuff. But they didn't spend nearly as much time as that what they would have done back in the old school bleeps. Like, they chatted to each other for three-quarters of the fight. Yeah, what fight? be honest the discussion where someone would swing a sword every now and then and that's why i was saying with a lot of this discussion that we get into like obviously the the big three you know and this is undiscussionable this is the big three i don't want to hear anybody try to tell me it's not the big three but bleach naruto and one piece yeah um out yeah, of 100%. those bleach does not hold up nearly as well as naruto or one piece and one of the big deciding factors for that to me is i think the fights in those other shows are just better they're just better. I think we agreed Naruto perfected the Naruto fighting Naruto has great fight scenes. And they, they hold up. The choreography is incredible. I mean, look at the Gara and um, Rock Lee fight yeah. that we get in uh, tuning exams. That's fantastic. Or versus Rock Lee yep. holds and, up still. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yep. And it's, it's just one of those things where it's like you kind of look back to Bleach. Like I tried to get my girlfriend to watch it. And she really liked the beginning parts, which I thought was weird. She loved the parts where they're just going around doing like the little individual hollow investigations. That's when my like girlfriend that. got tired of it. So she no, went she, and watched it because I talked about it all the time. And yeah. she's like, oh, she's like, it's cool for the first like five episodes and then it gets boring. And then I told her to wait till Soul Society. And then she's like, I could see where this picks up. But she just didn't have time. And then she chimes in when I'm watching it now. She's like, holy shit, this is crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of a barrier to entry. And I feel like, you know, the beginning episodes of Bleach, they are endearing and you do like them a lot. But like even when I was rewatching them, I was like, OK, there's quite the, there's a lot of these. Like they, there are a lot of those episodes before they get to the meat and the potatoes of what the rest of the show is going to be. Um, where I feel like for Naruto, let's say and even one piece, it's very quick to the point and it, it goes straight there, you know, where it's like you get the introduction of the pirates of the shanks and all this stuff. And he immediately starts forming his crew. He goes around the world where it's like, you meet the introduction of these soul reapers, right? And you meet the introduction of these whole hollows and things like that. And this other world that exists and so on and so forth. Um, and then they very slowly go, Okay, now let's teach you how to defeat the hollows. And the hollows are kind of just like a joke the moment that Ichigo gets the powers. None of them, I mean, yep. he just kind of rocks all of them. Just goes Bankai immediately. Fisher and stuff like that. And it takes a while for it to get to the grand version of the Soul Reaper, you know, the Soul Society Rescue Arc, which is the one that everybody knows. Where the first episode of Naruto, like with him and Iruka Sensei and that whole thing was a fucking amazing. And then obviously the introduction of Shanks in episode one. The first episode of Bleach was really good, but I don't think it's as good as those other ones. I think I think Soul Society holds up really well because unlike the later episodes of Bleach, a bunch of shit is going on besides the fighting. You have the mystery of who's the traitor, what happened to Aizen, where's Rukia, who's Ichigo fighting, who's Uryu fighting. Whereas when you go to just Karakura, not the fake Karakura town arc, it's we go to this fight and then we go to this fight and then we go to this fight and then this fight. And like for me, like with the Karakura town, one of the ones where I think the wear and tear started to come through was when they're starting to have the battle above the fake Karakura town. And then we have to watch the lieutenants all go to the four corners and yeah, fight. And, and I was protect like, uh, the, the pillar, geez, pillar who bit. cares? Who cares? It they, wasn't until the visors really come in that it speeds up a bit more. Yeah. And then in the part that you want to see when the visors come in, it's like, 
that was over in a fucking blink. Like, yep. what the fuck? And it just goes so quick. And it's like one of my favorite things was my girlfriend ended up going on to read Bleach because that way I told her, I was like, hey, if you read it, it goes way faster. Like, it just, it just from the pacing and just how it goes, it's just, it's a, it's a manga. So it goes way faster. My favorite thing was her doing the Soul. She just did, she only finished the Soul Society Rescue arc. But like her reading it, and she's like, oh my God, Aizen is so cool. Like, I love Aizen. He's like that cool kind of like father. And it's like, oh my God, somebody killed Aizen. And I was like, and the whole thing was She amazing. was so sad yeah. when Aizen died. And we're like, so yeah. sad. And I was like, yeah, it's like, that's tough. <laughs> that's- I like how we both were like, yeah, yeah. man died, you yeah, know, he mo- was poor cool. Momo. He was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the whole thing was a fucking well, wild ride. I mean, her favorite character is Chad. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Well, let's not slander her like that. <laughs> but yeah, that's, just, that's true. But it's like that stuff where it's like the Soul Study Rescue arc is great. And, but I just don't think any of the other stuff compares to Naruto, One Piece, you know, that kind of stuff. Still love it, though. I have heard, and this is like a lot of people uh, say, though, when they're like, oh, I got into Nar- uh, Naruto, but like during the COVID years, and then I hit them, oh, well, I've watched Bleach, and they hit me, oh, you've been in the uh, anime since like you were a little kid then. They just referred to Bleach as that old anime. Yeah. It feels like an old anime. Yeah, it has pockets of animation where the fights are pretty good. I mean, that uh, Shuei Findor fight? That That's good. I think every time Ichigo and Grimjaw fought, it was pretty good. True. Hell True. yeah. I would, I would agree that's with that. why I fell in love with the dude. I would agree with that. There, there are iconic moments in the anime and the manga. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I just think choreography and the fighting and that kind of stuff, I don't think it holds up. I think everybody, like... We remember a very rose tinted version of it, and that's why, like a lot of the times, like you know, I love uh, providing the bount uh, propaganda. But I feel like <laughs> a lot of people have not watched it since they were young. I don't think a lot of people yeah. have gone back and rewatched the whole thing. And I think even when people do rewatch it, they skip a lot and they go like, "Nah, that's filler. Not gonna watch it. Nah, that's filler. Not gonna watch it. Oh, this wasn't it. I'm gonna skip forward a little bit. I'm only gonna watch half this episode." Um, so I don't think they've really gone back and watched it. And be like, yeah, you know. And also, there's a thing, and this is not an every person thing. So I don't want people to feel attacked. I feel like there's a thing where people don't want to admit faults with their favorite show. You know, you're 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 ride I, or die. I, I understand. I understand that. Yeah. And I'm a ride or die for Bleach. I I think to me, it's my favorite out of the big three. Yeah. Same. And I feel like some people they're just they can't admit and it's funny because speaking about Django again like the last episode I follow him on Twitter it's the best Twitter he, he fucking <laughs> will attack people dog and he'll just like retweet <laughs> stuff and just go ape shit but like he'll like go after people where it's like people just will refuse to admit that there's a fault with Bleach when there is faults with it and there's also faults with Naruto there's faults with One Piece yeah, also it's 100% like, uh, One Pace you know it's like there's, there's faults with all that stuff um, but like heaven forbid you say that you're not a real Bleach fan you're not a real Naruto fan. <laughs> You're not a real One Piece fan. It's like, dude, everything has a fault. Like, even like the most perfect show in the world has a problem with it. It's like you're not gonna get go out unscathed. But it's like you just gotta find something you enjoy. I don't know. I feel like you can enjoy stuff and criticize it, but I feel like that is becoming less and less of a popular opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh, like it's just like you watched it. You thought you were super cool because you were the only person into it. Then everyone mm-hmm. else grows up and they're like, oh, it's like whatever. And then you're just like, no, 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 this is still the best thing that's ever yeah, happened. It's kind of like they're attacking your personality at that yeah. point. Like, how dare you say that? It's like, okay, well, I wasn't attacking you. I was just saying the yeah. show has faults. Well, it's know? like I, I eventually grew up all these, uh, like the new anime comers, they'll be like, oh, you watched Bleach? Oh, I heard it wasn't that good. And I'm like, it's not good for certain people, but I grew up with it. I fell in love with yeah. it. And I followed it up until the very end. Once again, the best way to introduce somebody to Bleach, I you can't skip the first beginning episodes, which is a little bit of a rip, mm. but they need to watch up to the ending of the Soul Society rescue arc. If they can make it to the beginning of that, they'll stay hooked. But if they watch that whole first arc, they love it. They say it's the best thing they fucking ever seen. They love the characters. Then go for it. Continue on. If not, 
nick it. Move on. Yeah, it's like you I saw agree. what is arguably one of the best parts. Move on. I, th- I mean, you don't get the super cool characters afterwards, but True. I mean, yeah, you know, you could come back to it if you ever want to. I mean, I think, you know, loving something despite its faults, admitting those faults are pretty big, but still loving it is the ultimate form of enjoying a series. Yeah, I, I agree with that sentiment. That's very adult. That's very deep. Yeah, it's actually, yeah, that's, that's very mature of you to say. Yeah, I love something even for its faults, and that means you love it even more than those other people. I mean, I'm right with Bleach. <laughs> Another one I can go for is Claymore. Claymore has massive fucking flaws, and I will talk about that show all day. I love it. Manga. What's well, like, honest, I just rewatched Darling and the Franks, or actually, I just finished watching it because I only ever got through the first part originally. But I loved it, and I can understand. People hate Darling and, and Frank. And I was about to say, yeah. people hate the ending for it. Yeah, they hate Darling I and totally Frank. It's understand it. It's controversial. But I'm one of those that was like, you know what? It's all right. I thought it was good. It was, I like, watched the whole I thing. I was okay with it. Yeah, but I'm also like, I feel like, not to insult either of us today, but I feel like you and I are like brain dead watching. I, I agree. Like, like, we're like monkeys watching this. You're like, ooh, oh, it's <laughs> enjoyable. Ooh. And then everybody else like, you didn't understand the symbolism that they ruined there in that scene. I, I know exactly what you're talking about because when we watched in Log On, the uh, fucking attachments yeah. I had to Kamina. Yeah. And I was it, just like, I, I'm done. Don't want to watch this like, anymore. We're not going super deep into it, which is why it's nice when like to have Pythes or someone back there was like, oh, yeah, but you didn't notice this. Or it's mm-hmm. like, what about the historical attachments? It's like, oh, okay, cool. Because otherwise, I'm just like, did me, Sam, monkey brain, enjoy what I watched on the screen? Yes, no. Here's why. Circle one. Yes. <laughs> yes. Guy with blue hair, teal yes. uh, eyeliner. Fucking fantastic. Black monster did purple Cero. Love Even it. better. <laughs> Misaki, kind of cute. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Fantastic. I and totally that, just realized it. I butchered her name. Ah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Like, I can go for the philosophy as much as I want in the history. Sometimes I just like Grimjow because I think he's cool. Yeah, I think that's it's an important thing to remember. Badass. You can enjoy something just because it's enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Not everything has to change the world. Yeah, I agree. Like my one of my favorite fights is Baragon versus Soyphone, and that's just because he's a big skeleton man who's fighting a woman with <laughs> nuke at him. I like Stark the most because he's a cowboy. And- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean the symbol. Stark was badass and got uh, unjust treatment. Thank you. Yeah, like the symbolism of the you know he's the whole loneliness. You got all that thing. He and his gun are the same. Yeah, whatever. I like it when he go pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> you see this? I summon a pack of wolves, motherfucker. Uh-huh. That's so cool. That's all you need. All right, let's exactly. call it. Thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you guys so much for listening. Of course, we do appreciate you guys. We'll be back again next week on Saturday. I actually got the last episode up on Sunday because it took me so long to edit. It was almost like two and a half hours. Oh, that, so, that was a long And one. that was just the raw video. So it really took me about five hours to finish that. Um, so we'll see when this one comes up. It'll be on the weekend sometime, though. I promise you. So make sure you guys, of course, subscribe make sure you're followed whatever it is on wherever you're listening or watching to make sure you know when the next one comes up of course make sure you're following us on instagram and on twitter i always post on those things when a new video goes live so that is the best place and if you're not already join the discord with that that is it thank you guys so much for watching that was bleach boys we'll be back for episode 13 and the final episode well the final episode of bleach core one bye everybody What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.